It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. It's the Minnesota football party on a Wednesday. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And make sure to find Locked On Sports Minnesota on your Amazon Fire Stick or Roku devices, the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. You can subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Sports Minnesota, get all of our shows on video, and find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Wednesday mailbag edition. Could the Vikings go receiver in the first round of the draft? That and more with Reggie and Luke on the Minnesota football party. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome into the Minnesota football party. It's a Reggie Wilson Wednesday. The CARE 11 sports director joins us as he does most Wednesdays. He's at Reggie Wilson TV here to talk Vikings mailbag questions and other juicy talkers. Luke Inman here as well at Luke underscore Spinman. We got to jump right in. Uh, I know Luke, you love to talk draft on our Tuesday shows. Well, I got a draft talker for you out of the gate. I'm seeing Jordan Addison, USC receiver, six foot 175, getting mocked to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 23. Luke, because this is your bread and butter, the draft stuff, let I'm, I'm going to withhold your opinion on this. I want Reggie Wilson's opinion first. Could the Vikings go receiver, Reggie, with all their myriad defensive needs? Could they go pass catcher in the first round of the draft? Uh, you know, I was more apt to buy that last year remember luke you and i talked a lot about them drafting jameson williams and they had the chance to Mm -hmm. they traded out of the spot they let the lions draft him instead and now they have to you know be terrorized by him he already started to do that last season but they have to be terrorized by him for years to come and look i think that will be a position of luxury you know, they have Justin Jefferson. Not really sure what's going to happen with Thielen. They got K.J. Osborne. Uh, Jalen Naylor kind of came on late. And, okay, I can see it, but I don't know if that is a position that they necessarily can afford to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to take this person. Because, like, they have other needs, other things that they should be looking at, and other positions that they think that probably could – could help them a little bit better uh, right away. And I do understand, I know we've talked on this show before too, especially with Sam saying that they should go all in on offense and just try to build as much of a bully as possible. And drafting a wide receiver would kind of, in essence, do that. But 
I do think that there are a lot of things that they need to do to make over that defense. They bring Brian Flores in. We're talking to him today. He's going to come in and, you know, overhaul the defense and all that good stuff. But he needs some guys. He needs some dudes to to actually do that. You know, it's not just scheme. He needs the right players to come in and complement what he's going to be bringing uh, to that defense. And so I saw a mock draft that had the Vikings taking Keon White, the edge rusher from Georgia Tech. And they said that Brian Flores should covet White as a strong presence on the outside of uh, offensive tackles, but he can also be an inside pass rusher in obvious passing situations. And we talked about how Flores coming to the Vikings means that he'll be really aggressive and, you know, you probably see more blitzing, probably see more exotic pressures and all these type of things. And he probably needs some help with, you know, he's got Daniil on one side, Zadarius on the other side. He's going to want to probably be multiple in the guys that he can attack the passer with. And so I think either something like that, or if there's a corner that's available, maybe Joey Porter drops, you know, his dad was a dude in the NFL. I think maybe they look more defense than offense. Reggie's right. I mean, four out of five times, I think you're going to see a defensive player in these mock drafts. I think why this is a hot topic of discussion right now, you're going to see it on your timeline all day, is because not only did McShay mock Addison to the Vikings this morning with his latest mock, but PFF, who comes out with a new mock, say, once every two weeks, they also had Jordan Addison. So it's become kind of this hot topic of discussion this morning on the Twitter timeline. I got it pulled up. Let me just read this blurb here from McShay real quick on ESPN Insider. By the way, shout out to McShay, Kuiper, our guy Jordan Reed, who used to come on a lot of our podcasts. They do tremendous work over there. If you're not an ESPN Insider, probably spend the three bucks, Sam, and go check it out. Quit barring my login, Sam. Get your own, <laughs> will you? Uh, Jordan Addison, here you go. Adam Thielen is entering his age 33 season. So Minnesota could take the best player available here and get a speedy, instinctive running mate for Justin Jefferson. He had 16,000 receiving yards last year. Really, it comes down to you want to take the best player available. Obviously, every year we go into the draft and try to match up these player fits to certain team schemes and everything else, but you never know. It's always a surprise on draft night once you see a guy that you never thought would be available. Last year was Kyle Hamilton for me to be sitting on the board when your team is picking. And Jordan Addison, as far as just a player goes, guys, he's outstanding. Won the Bolitnikoff Award in 2021. He made Kenny Pickett look great at Pitt. He made Caleb Williams look great last year at USC. He's a little bit shorter. He's a little bit smaller. But there's this new trend we keep talking about in the league where Teams are kind of doubling down on these stud receivers. I mean, you look at three of the final four teams in the NFL playoffs last year. The Eagles had A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They even had Dallas Goddard. 49ers had Debo, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. And the Bengals, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. So having that kind of three-headed monster in the passing game is awfully enticing, although it would be, I don't want to say worrisome to pass on defense just knowing the defensive woes the Vikings had last year. But again, and I go back to, that's why I think four out of five times in these mock drafts, guys, leading up to the draft the next 10 and a half weeks, you're going to see defense more times than not. Yeah, I think having a receiver in the first round would make it much more palatable if the Vikings lose Adam Thielen. And I'll say this, if you're telling me the Vikings could get a receiver that as a sophomore had 100 catches in a shorter college football season, 
1,593 yards, 17 receiving touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. And he did this in a power five conference. This wasn't for D three slippery rock university. Um, <laughs> this was at Pittsburgh and he did it with a, you know, a, a good quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I I'm in on that at number 23. Like, it seems like he's slipping a little bit. Maybe it's because of his size. Maybe it's because he didn't quite produce the same way at USC, but that seems like a value proposition to me. So I would totally understand and be excited about that acquisition. Before we continue, we got a Kirk Cousins talker and the Viking Super Bowl window, but I want to remind folks that the NFL season's over. We're all very sad about it, but the NBA season is ratcheting up as we march to the playoffs not far from now. So you can download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, download the super easy-to-use app, and you can bet on the money lines, point scorers, three-pointers, and uh, whatever you want in the NBA. You can combine some player props, uh, points, rebounds, assists. You can mix that into a parlay. There's the same-game parlays to help enhance your winnings. A lot of options to bet at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on for your no sweat first bet up to 1000 bonus dollars. Make every moment more at FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's dive into the Twitter questions, folks. And by the way, comment in the YouTube section, the YouTube comment section below. Do you want the Vikings to go receiver at number 23? Let us know. Comment below. Jordan Addison, what do you think? So here's the question from Nick Miller, a regular question asker, and we appreciate him. Over the last few weeks, I keep hearing you all talk about a still open window to win a Super Bowl with Kirk. Is that realistic? Do you really think the Vikings have the roster and resources to build a true Super Bowl contender before Kirk's play falls off? Reggie Wilson, I give you the first crack. Yeah, and... You, you you would think that them having such a successful season this year, you would think that the trajectory is up. I know they have some cap things that they have to work out. You know, Dalvin Cook got surgery on the shoulder yesterday. He's expected to be back, though, um, before the start of the season, healthy and ready to go. Also, side note. Schefter said that his agent said that he had a broken shoulder since 2019. And he's been playing through that for the last, what, three, was that four years now? Like, is that, is that a real thing? Anyway, um, I think they do have that chance. And I think that was what the Brian Flores hire was about. The defense just wasn't championship level. The offense could probably get things done maybe add a piece here or there. And I think that's probably what people are talking about when they say that the Vikings have this window. They have Kirk Cousins. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. But he's shown, especially this year, that he can get it done. And you would think that another year in the offensive system, because he talked about last year how he was still kind of just like learning the system on the fly. And he still made the Pro Bowl off that season. And so if if you think about him maybe taking another step in his development in that system and his command in that system, maybe you see even more of a dynamic offense and just a defense that can complement. I think, Sam, you brought it up. 
just like get them to like 15, like middle of the pack mm-hmm. as the defense, and they can make some noise. How much noise, you know, I don't know. Don't know. Because we saw the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a, a dynamic offense. Patrick Mahomes, league MVP, 5,000-plus yards passing. And the defense, you know, Spags is always going to have a good enough defense to get them there. I think that's kind of what you hope to see. The offense kind of just, like, running it up, being able to score with, with and against anybody. And then the defense just complementing. So you get a couple good pieces change up the scheme a little bit. And I think you do think that the Vikings have a legitimate shot to make a little bit of a run. And once you get to the playoffs, you just never know what could happen. Yeah, I mean, they won 13 games last year with a rookie head coach and a brand new offense and defense. And despite the salary cap woes that we're going to talk about heading into free agency and all offseason, we all assume that it's going to be the same core of guys anyways. Obviously, every team add a couple, lose a couple roster spots, but most likely the same core of guys at the end of the day heading into next season. And, you know, if you think you can duplicate that success again and come close to winning 13 games again next year, Anytime you win that many games, you're going to be hosting one home playoff game at minimum and set yourself up for a competitive path to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think we all realize why there's reason for optimism if they do want to run it back, which I think we all agree they do, and keep building this core and nucleus of you got these veterans mixed with these young guys they'll now have from back-to-back drafts. I think every team in the NFL, given the way just the salary cap is set up, Sam and I, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the football party, the way the salary cap is set up in the NFL, teams try to look to build that two, three-year Super Bowl window, given your roster. Maybe you can stretch it out to four, unless you have an elite quarterback superstar, obviously. Then you're probably competitive every season, year in and year out, like Patrick Mahomes, Reggie mentioned with the Chiefs. But typically, two, three years And then that's usually it. Like you usually have to start all over, hit the reset button by then, whether it's now you're paying, you know, a rookie quarterback, big money or guys just getting older. And with the Vikings, they're clearly okay with paying Kirk this big money year after year. We've seen that by now. And then just trying to build the best team around him as possible. So I do think after the season they had last year and now going into the second year of this KOC system, I think they think, This is their window for a Super Bowl over the next year or two before they do have to start planning for life after Kirk Cousins and a lot of these core veterans that are aging, the Harrison Smiths, Zadarius Smith, Eric Kendrick, Patrick Peterson, so on and so forth. So I also think, too, I just want to say, had they gone like 6-11 and last season or something like that, then maybe they would have gone into this offseason with the plan to blow the whole thing up. But having so much instant success early on in year one of a new system and regime, I think tells them they have enough of just a foundation to build off of to be in the mix of the top NFC teams by season's end. And honestly, if you're ever going to do that, maybe now is the time. You mentioned it yesterday, Sam. Look at the NFC next year just from this quarterback perspective. Jalen Hurts way in a tier by himself. Kirk Cousins, Stafford, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy's hurt. So it's kind of this rare opportunity, and the timing of the NFC feels right to kind of push their chips all in on Kirk next year. Yeah, a couple different ways to to put this in perspective. On one hand, you could say, oh, the Vikings were frauds, guys. They weren't real. You know, they're not really on a trajectory. That was all fake, the point differential bit and the DVOA, and they're not going to sustain the close wins. 
And I'll listen to you if you have that argument. I think it's valid. But also consider this. They won 13 games with all of the adversity around them where the blocking wasn't great. The running game wasn't efficient. The kicker was bottom five in the league. And the defense was terrible. And they still won 13 games. So think about if they can continue with the stuff we know works. We know Kirk works to some extent. The legs don't always work. Most of the other stuff works. The brain works. Justin Jefferson works. TJ Hawkinson works. KJ Osborne works. Darisan O'Neal work. Okay. So you've got the, the building blocks for a pretty incredible offense. Now, can you enhance a couple of those vulnerabilities that I just laid out. So can you have an excellent kicking game? That's possible. Can you have a league average rushing attack? Last year was bad, guys. Last year was inefficient most of the season. Couple big plays sprinkled in to kind of mask that. Really inefficient. Can you get that a little better? And can you get the blocking just a little bit better? Like, you were not asking for wholesale 180s where you go from last to first. We're talking about going from last to medium, like Reggie said with the defense. Can you do that in a couple areas on offense and maybe special teams? Then I think you could be talking about a top five offensive team that scores a lot of points, and then the defense doesn't have as large of a burden on them. I don't think it's going to be a traditional powerhouse where like the Eagles, for instance, everything was just good. Everything was great with that team. The secondary, the pass rush, the run game, the pass game. What was the Eagles' weakness? There really weren't any. The Vikings need to create a unit that is so dominant that the rest of it doesn't matter. And it has to be on the offensive side of the ball. So let work around the stuff we know is good. Enhance a couple of the, the weaknesses like the blocking in the run game. Make your kicks. And uh, you might be talking about a team that, again, can contend. Uh, plenty more to come on the mailbag edition with Reggie Wilson. We're going to talk a little extend trade cut, but a twist because it's not a very realistic scenario, but it's still fun. Uh, I'm going to tell you about built bars though. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try built bar. People try and eat a little healthier this time of year. You don't want to compromise taste. Got just the thing for you. Built bar is healthy and tasty. Seriously. 100% real chocolate. I don't know how they do it, but they manage to do it every time, and they nail it with these flavors like peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, brownie batter. You can get Built Bars in a few different ways. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off, but you can also forego that wait time. You can just get in your car and go down to Walmart or Sam's Club, head to the pharmacy section, get yourself a box of Built Bars. You could do it within the hour. Go to Walmart. Or Sam's Club, get the four-bar box, the 13-bar box, and load up on these nutritious, delicious Built Bar treats. Built Bar, you'll thank me later. All right, here's the scenario, gentlemen. Question number two on the Mailbag Show from Red and Purple on Twitter. Extend one, cut one, trade one. That's a common scenario, but these are the players he gives us. Derisaw, Jefferson, Cousins. All right. So no one would ever actually do this. This is like one of those gun-to-the-head scenarios. But let's play it out. And let's also assume, for the sake of the exercise, that Kirk Cousins does not have a no-trade clause. Let's say that that trade is on the table. Extend one, cut one, trade one. Derisad Jefferson Cousins. Luke 
Let's start with you this time. I think you got to just sign the flat-out best player of the three, and the best player is obviously J.J. So J.J. gets extended. Then I think of the two, it comes down to who I can get more for in a trade. What's the most value I can get for either of those guys, Kirk or Derrissaw? And even though Kirk plays, obviously, a highly more valuable position at quarterback, I think because of Derrissaw's age, put it this way, he's only played in the league two years. He's not even 24 years old yet. Not only has he played at a Pro Bowl type of level, but he too plays an extremely valuable position at left tackle, arguably the second most valuable position behind the quarterback. So I think I can get two first rounders for him and some change. I'm not sure I can get that for Kirk Cousins, given his age and the contract that he's going to command. So I'm going to uh, trade Darius, I guess. And then I guess we got to cut Kirk. I guess we got to start all over, use those picks, go get our guy in the draft. You said this was going to be fun. Pretty sick exercise, though, Sam. I, I don't. I don't like. <laughs> don't, that. Hey, I'm the messenger. I didn't like the question. <laughs> I, I'm not having very much fun with this one. All right, I don't like that. <laughs> okay, Reggie. Yeah, I'm with Luke. This is nasty work. I, I don't know. I, this this fan's a sicko. I don't. I don't know how else to really just describe this. But, um, I, <laughs> dang man, do we have to? Like, I don't. It, like, this is my. This is my like fear is that somehow this like matriculates his way online, and all of a sudden, Kirk, Christian, and. <laughs> JJ <laughs> see this and they're just like excuse me and then like the next time we see either one of or or all three there's smoke in the streets like it's like look man look blame this fan the, the, the dude's something's not right do I need, do I need to put up like a disclaimer violence. like a yeah. disclaimer on this yeah, like yeah 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 there we go Kara yeah. Levin, Reggie Wilson right, so, quote I would cut just exactly Jefferson, don't do that quote. to me you said it dude yeah like it. don't why why is he doing it this is violence against the Vikings, and I'm I'm not here for it. Um, I guess if I, by his scenario, you extend Jefferson, and then like I guess you'd you trade or cut either of either Cousins or or Darisaw. I mean, I guess for quarterbacks these days, I, I guess I don't know. Luke's logic is sound, but wouldn't you get more for a quarterback than you would for a left tackle? I mean, you would think, even though, you know, the yeah. quarterback is is aging a bit. I guess so you you trade Kirk and get whatever you can. And I guess because you don't have a, a quarterback anymore, I guess you would just go ahead and just cut Darisaw and let him go to, like, the the Giants or the, the 49ers or the Chiefs or whatever and let him go and chase a ring, I guess. I, I don't know. That – this exercise is wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. All right. So let me let me mix things up a little bit here. So you are going to have Jefferson in Luke's scenario. You're going to have Jefferson with no quarterback and no left tackle. Well, for now, until I go use those draft picks I got on Derisaw for, you know, oh. CJ Stroud or Bryce oh, Young. You want draft picks, Luke. Well, <laughs> who's the most valuable of those three players? His <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Oh, you are choosing violence. I want so if we're gonna go forward without without Kirk and it's kind of a rebuild scenario. I want the left tackle for ten years. I want four first round picks, and I will pick the next. I I will pick a handful of receivers 
in the future, I will build up a cadre of pass catchers that will be a little more cost-effective. I will let Justin Jefferson flourish elsewhere. I will cherish the good times we had with him. And I will have the stalwart left tackle. I'll have a pack of draft picks. And I will have Kirk Cousins, who I think we're cutting. Yeah, we're cutting Cousins. And uh, we'll go forward with a cheaper quarterback. So we are going lean financially. And uh, we are going to flourish because of it with that rookie quarterback contract. What do you think? I get the logic. I get it. I mean, as far as just like who's going to be worth the most as far as trading out. Yeah, you're right. JJ is four first round picks, a little Disney World, Mickey Mouse, La La Land. Maybe, but I think you're not far off. I think three firsts for JJ is where you start those conversations. But I, again, again, I don't even want to go down this road. I don't even like talking about those conversations. Yes. Yeah, All stop, right. We stop don't want that to happen. About it, Luke, you, you, you're trying to bring logic to this, and there's no logic. You got to have courage to address these hard issues on this show. This is not for the faint of heart. Uh, um, Sam, who who yeah. do you think would get more in a trade, though, outside of JJ? Kirk? I get it. He's a quarterback. Nothing more valuable than a quarterback. But Darisaw is only 24 years old. He's only played two years. He's an elite left tackle and arguably outside a quarterback. Wouldn't you say left tackle and maybe edge rusher are the next two most valuable positions? Who do you think you could get more for? So you're asking between Kirk and Darisaw? Right. Uh, Darisaw. I'm, I'm trying to think of, um, of a comp, like for a quarterback mid thirties recently, who's been traded. Well, you got to go back about 12 years. Carson Palmer was traded for two first round picks. He was in his thirties and Mm. he was coming off major surgery and, and, and some nasty injuries. So I can't remember if it was the leg, the ACL or the shoulder, but I mean, you're talking about trading two first-round picks for Carson Palmer in his 30s coming off some serious surgery. So, I mean, that's something. I don't think he was a top-five guy at that point. I mean, you're talking about an aging guy on the downward spiral of his career towards the end. Still got two first-round picks. Now, that was 12 years ago. Obviously, things change by the day in this league. So that's the one that comes to mind, though, when I think about, you know, hey, what can we get for Kirk Cousins in a trade? Uh, I don't know. He is a quarterback. Trading, you're right. And like, so Russell Wilson, for instance, better better at the time. Like, it's weird to say now because Russell tanked, but at the time, much more highly regarded than Kirk. He was 33, coming off injury. Two firsts, two seconds, a fifth. Um, another QB, a defense, like players, picks. It was just a huge package. Um, I, I do think, though, that Christian Derrissaw, as of right now, He's got three more years of team control mm-hmm. on that rookie deal. If you include the fifth year option, like that, that part of it is so critical, I think, to the deal. And we've really never seen a player in that position get traded. Like, I, I don't know if there, you can say that there was a franchise left tackle who got traded after his second year who had like no blemishes on his record. That, um, that, that would be a weird scenario. So we don't know what, we don't know what Derisaw would cost, but, um, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, isn't it fun to talk about, guys? I know you're loving this. So I need to no. go take a shower, man. I feel dirty, <laughs> sick. Uh, well, here's here's a fun one from Norm. I think we might have to suspend a little disbelief because I don't think Josh Rosen is a Viking. But here's the question: <laughs> If you squint, could you see Josh Rosen turning into Kirk Cousins' light if he were to improve his football IQ, accuracy, arm strength, awareness? And meat grilling skills. 
Josh Rosen was on the roster for a time last year. He was practice squad quarterback after they lost David Blau. Don't believe he's on the roster right now. I don't think they signed him to a futures deal. Um, if they did, I apologize. I'm wrong. But Josh Rosen, is there hope for him in his future if he improves everything about his game? You know, it's funny. I always thought Rosen had a lot of similar quarterback characteristics to Cousins coming out of the draft. He was ultra productive when everything around him was going right. When everything around him fit what he needed, he was outstanding. I mean, he had the good mechanics, footwork, put up great numbers, I remember, coming out of UCLA. But the big thing that he struggled with coming to the pros that a lot of guys do is the anticipation throws when the speed from college to the pros just hits another level. And these guys have never seen it before. Throwing guys open is just a must at the next level. It never really felt like Rosen had those instincts. On top of his arm, I don't think, was ever as strong as Cousins, even when he was coming out of Michigan State going back to 2012. So just between those two things and then just watching all the mechanics kind of fall apart when pressure got to him, he struggled right out the gate, never really found his stride or any real momentum in Arizona, and then he got cut the next year, only after one year, and then he flops around team to team. And sometimes it truly just takes a few years for these guys to develop and progress, but other times you find out it's just these are things that you just can't teach, and either you have it or you don't. And I think at this point, coaches know and the league knows what Rosen is, and what he isn't. And, and unfortunately, I don't think he's ever going to be a starting quarterback, let alone Kirk Cousins light, if you will. If we thought that Geno Smith's resurrection was uh, impressive, I think Josh Rosen resurrecting his career would be even crazier mm -hmm. um, because Geno, he was eight and eight, like as a starter, as a rookie, you know, like there, there was some measure of success early in his career despite the stats not being great, that Josh Rosen just never got to experience. And also, Gino's been like been on rosters, you know, for, for almost 10 years. Right, Reggie he's been a backup number two quarterback for the last, you know, seven, mm -hmm. eight years consistently. Right. Rosen, not the case. Not even third string practice squad we're talking about. So, yeah, it was crazy. I don't know if you guys remember that draft. Five quarterbacks went in the first round. Baker Mayfield goes number one overall, but the best of the bunch... Lamar Jackson, the last one picked, picked at 32. It was crazy. Can uh, can Josh Rosen ever sing like Kirk Cousins either, Reggie? That's another big talker. Yeah, I know. I know. And Kirk has shown that he is elite in that level as well. Can he wear chains as well as Kirk Cousins? Right. You know? It's yeah. just funny, the, the question that was asked. It was like, if you squint, can you see – Oh, by the way, but he needs to improve in this, 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 right. this, 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 this. Like, I don't have enough fingers in all the things that you listed that he would need to improve on. Josh Rosen is an interesting case to me because at some point in Arizona, I felt like, dang, I don't think they gave him a fair shot. They just, like, let him go, like, didn't allow him to develop, like, right away. But then you've kind of seen, like, I think he's only, like, 26 years old. And he's bounced around to almost like every team in the league, I feel like. It's kind of crazy. And also, the the rap on him was, you know, um, I remember McShay talking about, well, you know, he comes, he comes from money. You know, does he really need football? Does he really, does he really need the game? Is he going to really put forth, you know, what it takes to, to make 
a, a great quarterback in this league. And I think to answer the question, yeah, like you stick around this long, go on all of these teams. Like he clearly loves football and wants to play. But as Luke said, I just I just think that his skills are not up to snuff with, you know, what he needs to be doing to be a great quarterback in the league. And maybe it's been coaching. You know, he came out and that whole thing was a disaster in Arizona. Sam Bradford flamed out and then, you know, he comes in and he doesn't do well. And Steve Wilkes gets fired after one year. And it was like the whole thing was a dumpster fire. And then all of a sudden you see Rosen just bounce around, bounce around. And you just wonder, like, if maybe he had better coaching earlier in his career, maybe he turns into something. But mm -hmm. clearly, like, the guy has some talent that he just keeps finding a job, even if it's on a practice squad. And I think, you know, Kevin O'Connell spoke highly of him in the times that he did talk about him this past season. I don't know if he maybe signed him back you know, next season or not, but he does have some skills. He could be on a roster, but I just don't know if he's a guy that you think should start in the league. 2018 draft real quick. Number one overall Baker Mayfield. And then it went Sam Darnold. If you remember the jets moved up to three indeed moved back and grabbed Quentin Nelson plus extra picks. Outstanding move by Chris Ballard. Still to this day, Josh Allen goes number seven, Josh Rosen goes number 10 and then Lamar goes number 32. The Cleveland Browns had two top five picks that year. They took Baker and Denzel Warden and Denzel Ward's been outstanding, but obviously Baker didn't turn out. They missed on that quarterback. They passed up on Josh Allen and Lamar, two opportunities to have a generational-type quarterback talent. And instead, five years later, they spend, what, three first-round picks on Deshaun Watson? I mean, that's five first-round picks trying to figure out their quarterback position. It's just wild, obviously, how important the quarterback position is and how much teams are willing to spend to go get their guy, but just how much of a trickle effect, a domino effect, I should say, when you swing and miss, especially that early in the draft on a guy, how far mm -hmm. it sets your franchise back. It, it is interesting how little we do talk about Josh Rosen because that's a number 10 pick who was off of his team within two years, mm -hmm. lost his starting job after one year, and has never got a foothold anywhere else. We don't talk about it much. Like Johnny Manziel, we talked about every day for three years, and that was the number 22 overall pick. Like It's more surprising, I think, that Josh Rosen didn't work out than Johnny Manziel, but because of Manziel's antics, uh, because of the, the Vegas stuff and the weird just dynamics there, that was all we talked about, but Josh Rosen, that's another big, another big talker that kind of flies under the radar. Um, that's a wrap gentlemen. Fun show. The mailbag edition Wednesdays with Reggie. You can also hear him on the round tables on Friday with Ron Johnson. Uh, this Friday we'll have to improvise because Ron is in Mexico getting some much earned R and R, but until then we're saying so long on behalf of Luke Reggie. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Subscribe on YouTube, locked on sports, Minnesota and find us wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Thanks a lot and have a good one. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.